0: so much we can do. The only way we do any of this is if we work together. What do you see as the biggest threat to your transition right now, given President Trump's unprecedented attempt to obstruct and delay a smooth transfer of power? More people may die.
1: Hello, I'm Katherine Tully McManus, and this is The Transition, a special edition of Political Theatre. It's Monday, November 16th, 2020. Today, we're digging into what President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris talked about after their meeting on the economy with top industry leaders on a Zoom call. We're here with Niels Lesniewski, who covers both the White House and Congress, for a look at what the Biden administration's next steps might be on COVID-19 and the economy. Niels Lesniewski is here to talk about the Joe Biden transition. We just listened to President-elect Joe Biden talk about the economy, and Niels, what did you hear from Joe Biden? What do you think his main message was on his transition today?
0: Well, today, uh, the president-elect met with a group of chief executives uh, and labor leaders, uh, including Mary Barra, the head of General Motors, and a number of union leaders, and They were largely talking about the way forward for the economy, and of course, it largely focused on coronavirus relief. When the former vice president emerged uh, after this this closed-door meeting, which was conducted via Zoom with the uh, participants, he had a strong message about The need to have more uh, economic relief, not only for small businesses through the Paycheck Protection Program, uh, more money for PPE, the personal protective equipment, more money for retail establishments and restaurants to be able to construct barriers and take care of sort of physical infrastructure things, as well as more economic assistance. For folks who uh, may uh, be unemployed or may have their unemployment running out.
1: Did he signal any legislative goals regarding COVID relief that he would like to see on his desk or have the opportunity to sign in the early days?
0: Well, what he wants to see, and it was also clear that, that sort of Biden knows that he may not. See this come to pass, but what he wants to see is he wants to see Donald Trump sign something like the Heroes Act, the big House-passed uh, economic relief package uh, that the House Democrats, led by Speaker Pelosi, have put together. Now we both know, uh, and most of our listeners know that that is not really going anywhere in Mitch McConnell's Senate. Uh, but Biden made another call for for a big package uh, to be. Uh, released At one point, he did say, and this was sort of based on media reports, apparently it sounded like in briefings he had gotten, he thought that there were about 22 uh, Republicans in the Senate who probably wouldn't vote for anything more in the way of COVID relief, which is probably about the right number based on all of our reporting here and our colleagues uh, at the CQ budget team. Uh, So that's not really a surprise, but it was nonetheless interesting uh, to hear uh, that from the president-elect. That was one of a couple of times during today's news conference in Wilmington, Delaware, where uh, he turned to Vice President-elect Harris and referred to her as senator or colleague, to use the uh, terminology of someone who spent 36 years on the Senate floor. Um, and, and said basically that, that it's possible that the vice president-elect, uh, Kamala Harris, knows more about what it may be going on uh, than, than uh, he does at this point. And that led me to the, the sort of observation, I suppose, that maybe if things get really tough during the lame duck, uh, that uh, Senator Harris may have to put back on her senator hat and return uh, to the Capitol building if there are any actual talks that happen.
1: Speaking of things that Joe Biden might not be the most up-to-date on, we know right now that the Trump administration is refusing to share their plans on COVID-19 distribution of any vaccines in the future, things like that. Did Joe Biden address that feet dragging by President Trump and his administration on the transition of responsibility.
0: Yes, he did. He, he again, uh, well, today he said that, that more people may die because of the coronavirus uh, management not being coordinated. The other thing that he said uh, regarding the other question of top-level intelligence briefings, there was, again, kind of a funny moment where he said well, I'm not getting intelligence briefings, but my colleague is on the intelligence committee and she's getting intelligence briefings. So we could actually be in another strange uh, place here where the reality of the situation right now is that the vice president-elect has a better clearance level than the president-elect does. And so um, I'm sure that once once things get authorized for, for... Um, Joe Biden to get access to the top-level sort of stuff that he had access to when he was vice president, Um, it wouldn't be surprising to me if those conversations with with Senator Harris are kind of interesting because it may be a case where the president-elect is having a conversation with the vice president-elect where he's asking her how long she has known about something for that she may not actually be legally allowed to tell him right now.
1: That is such an interesting dynamic that she might be clued in to information, but is is legally prohibited from sharing it with someone who doesn't have a clearance. And right now, President-elect Joe Biden is one of those people who she cannot share intel with. That's fascinating. Something that is on everyone's minds in regard to COVID, but also just a classic American holiday is the Thanksgiving holiday. Joe Biden I think, talked about his plans and also what he's instructing or suggesting that Americans do to celebrate the holiday and to stay safe. Can you talk about that?
0: Yeah, obviously, the president-elect is well known for having a very large uh, family that I'm sure in a normal year would be gathering either in um, Wilmington or at the the beach house in in Rehoboth. he said basically, small groups this year, the guidance that he got from from health professionals was somewhere on the order of five to ten people, and that people should be tested ahead of time. Uh, the guidance uh, from different health experts will tell you different things, but his his basic read on it was no more than than ten people, and that people who are not of the same household uh, should be socially distancing as much as possible uh, and that, that people should be attempting to get uh, tested uh, for COVID-19 beforehand. And basically, uh, it sounded a lot like a, a, a request for, for people to build very small bubbles, that the bubbles should, the bubbles should not become bubbles next to other bubbles.
1: Yeah, it sounds like he's suggesting your bubble should not be the size of the extended Biden family. If he's changing his plans, he's trying to set an example, perhaps, for the rest of the nation.
0: He 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 said that he and um, the uh, future First Lady, Dr. Jill Biden, were actually discussing their own family Thanksgiving plans uh, just this morning. Now, of course, this may be a far cry, and, and come you know, a week from Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, we may be looking at uh, two parallel pictures, where an, in one picture there's eight to ten members of the Biden clan that are gathered in Rehoboth Beach, and in another picture there is a Donald Trump gathering at Mar-a-Lago that is far larger than meets the meets uh, the. Uh, generally accepted health requirements these days. And so, you know, that's going to be something uh, that we're all going to be looking for, I think, on on Thanksgiving is whether or not we get another one of these visualizations of the difference between Biden and Trump.
1: Niels, one other thing I know you have been looking at is who of these senators that you and I are so familiar with um, up on Capitol Hill who might be making their way into a Biden administration in some capacity. Uh, it's a complicated uh, kind of game of chess, depending on what a state legislature looks like, or what a whether a governor is a Republican or not, or whether it was a tight race for any of these senators. Um, you have a, a latest update from Maine. Can you share that?
0: Yeah, that, that's right. We're um... Looking at the possibility, there has been some public reporting, and we are looking at the possibility of uh, Angus King, the independent from Maine who caucuses with the Democrats. Uh, His name, at least, has been floated uh, both publicly and privately for the Director of National Intelligence, um, which is a key uh, administration post sort of overseeing all of the Uh, intelligence apparatus of the federal government. And basically, he would be a a sort of logical choice if you were going to pluck an intelligence director out of the Senate. He's been on the intelligence committee for a long time, although he doesn't have the sort of personal uh, experience uh, as a spy or in the clandestine service or anything like that. Uh, But he has been an, an uh, a sort of strong defender of uh, whistleblowers including in the intelligence community and I can report that he was actually asked to speak uh, by the then uh, intelligence community inspector general and I'm sorry uh, to bring up the intelligence community inspector general because this will give you bad flashbacks to impeachment I'm sure but <laughs> yeah. but he he um, was was uh, invited to give a a speech on the the importance of the uh, intelligence community to the ICIG uh, conference a year ago. So he is very familiar uh, with their internal operations. So
1: one thing that we're all looking at when it comes to these appointments, if they're going to come out of the Senate or from outside the Senate, honestly, any nominees, uh, is what gets past a potentially Republican-run Senate led by Mitch McConnell, who will they entertain, who will they not? Um, Angus King is an independent, but he is caucusing for his whole career with Democrats. Uh, do you see a path forward for him in Mitch McConnell's Senate?
0: I, 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 think that, I think that Senator King would be, quite frankly, one of the easier people uh, to confirm. He's well regarded on, on both sides of the aisle. Uh, and and if we want to play the pure politics of the whole matter, uh, Senator King isn't up for re-election. Should he run for re-election until twenty twenty-four? Uh, if that seat were to be vacated, the Democratic Governor of Maine, Janet Mills, would make the appointment. Uh, but it would put that Senate seat on the ballot in twenty twenty-two. And so, uh, if you're um, if you're Senator McConnell, you may be looking for any additional pickup opportunities you can find in what could be a tough map for you in 2022.
1: Very interesting. That could open up a very interesting race up in Maine again, as we saw this last cycle. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure you'll be back on the transition again soon uh, with your role of straddling the White House and Congress. Thanks so much, Niels. Thank you. From all of us here at the CQ Girl Call Newsroom, thanks for listening and stay tuned for our next episode on Tuesday.